You're listening to Blaze, the go-to podcast for trailblazing entrepreneurs and anyone passionate about doing business differently. My name is Megan, and together with my guests, I'm pulling back the curtain to bring you the conversations that normally happen behind closed doors. We're sharing practical tips, no BS advice, and inspiring stories to remind you that no matter where you are on your business journey, you're not in this alone. Welcome to our community. Welcome to the Blaze Podcast. Hey friends, welcome back to the Blaze Podcast. I'm so excited you're here for this conversation today. We're talking about rebranding and it's perfect timing because last week we had on Rachel Lee who was talking all about brand identity and how do you know when something's kind of off with your brand or it no longer feels like you, it no longer fits. And then today's conversation is a really natural extension of that because if you realize that your brand no longer feels like you, then the natural next step is a brand refresh or a total rebrand depending on how much of an overhaul you feel like you need. So today we're going to talk about both and how to know which one of those two is right for you. And today we have on Ruthann Rafik, who is a rebranding expert, a good friend of mine, and a very talented designer. She's the owner of Our Art Space, a branding studio helping established women entrepreneurs rebrand their business to align with their current vibe, vision, and values which I love. Rebrands are so much fun to work on and Ruthann is just an expert at what she does. She offers a full rebrand service, which includes everything from strategy to design and the website all in one package. And just recently we started partnering together to include brand messaging and website copy as well, which is super exciting. So if that's something you're curious about, you can reach out to either of us for more info. But either way, I think you're really gonna enjoy this conversation. about rebrands and keeping your brand fresh as you continue to grow and evolve as a business owner. So without further ado, let's dive in. Ruthann, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm delighted to be here. Awesome. I'm so excited for this conversation. So before we get into all things rebranding, why don't we start with a little bit of background on you and your origin story. So how did you end up in brand design? Oh, so I started off, um, so I got my degree in graphic design. I always knew I was creative and I wanted to be creative. Um, When I went to get a job after college, I couldn't find like a job I was wanting. So I picked something that was kind of like a holding job. It felt like I was like, oh, I'll just be here for a little while. Ended up being there for a little bit longer than I planned. But uh, I worked at a printing company and on the side, I just kept getting all these creative side jobs. I was a painting party instructor. I was a wedding photography. Uh, I worked at a wedding photography studio and I was just, I had such a creative itch and I was like, how can I basically create my dream job instead of having all these different side jobs I'm running back and forth with. And um, so I was reading blogs at the time and I was reading this blog about this girl who was doing what I'm doing now but I just didn't even know that was possible. And I was like, oh my gosh, you can like work from home in bed and do design and in your pajamas. And I was like, that's what I want to do. (laughs) The dream job. Nowadays, there's no way I would work in my my pajamas. But um, so it was just something that I didn't even know it was possible. I didn't really want to have a business because I didn't want my business to overtake my life. I just heard about those business owners who worked like 90 hours a week and no time for their family. And I was like, that's kind of the last thing I want. And so 
as I've approached my business, I've, it's just been kind of a discovery process of like, I can make my own rules and I can do business how I want to do it. I can work as much or as little as I want. And it's just, it's been, you know, kind of breaking that mindset of how the day job has been, you know, cause I just grew up with the mindset of, Oh, just work a day job until you die basically. And so it's just relearning a lot of things with my own business. So I started my business in 2016. It was a side hustle for three years. And then I went full-time in 2019 and I knew I wanted to do brand design and website design. And I've definitely grown my skills since I started. Um, I've come a long way, but it's definitely something I can do for the rest of my life. Cause I love it so much. Yeah, I love that. And I love the, you know, that you talk openly about the relearning process. That's been a common theme, you know, with almost everyone I've had on this show is how do we detach ourselves from that nine to five until you're 65 at retirement sort of lifestyle that we all grew up expecting. And then we're sort of rewriting that story and making it up as we go once you become an entrepreneur. So I love that. I would love to hear more about like the early days of your business. You've been doing this for, is it five years now? Uh, Seven. Going on eight which is insane it feels like it's like a long time yeah yeah congratulations uh that's yeah that's amazing so going on eight years I imagine you're in a very different spot now than the way you started something I loved when I was listening to your podcast was you're talking about those early days in business you know transitioning from side hustle to full time and there was something you said that just made me stop and laugh out loud it was your quote was when I started my business I did everything wrong and I I had to laugh because I was like girl me too and there's some things you don't learn until you're in it so I would love if you could share you know what a couple of those you know mistakes or challenges were in the early years and like some of the lessons you've learned now going on eight years in business? Oh, so many. How do I just pick two? Um, so I think the first one was when I, like I designed my site and I pressed public, meaning my site would go live. I just assumed that people would email me pretty much immediately. Like, okay, I'm oh, ready yeah. to work with me you. Too. Here's all my money. And I just assumed that I would get clients, like I'd be fully booked in a week. I didn't think I had to do anything <laughs> like marketing wise. It was just so, so different. You know, I've just learned so much since then, but you, it's not build it and they will come. Unfortunately, you really have to put the word out there, especially if we, you know, if you're a solo business owner, if it's just you and a small team, it's just you yourself promoting yourself. So you kind of have to be promoting yourself very often. You have to be marketing your business, marketing your services, telling people how they can work with you, how you can really help them in their life and in their business. And so I think a mistake I made early on was just assuming that everyone would would love me and love my work and it wouldn't take any type of convincing. So I think, you know, understanding that marketing, marketing is a really important piece of having a business. Another really important piece is selling. I had no idea that you had to know sales to be in a business. I just, I just didn't know guys. I didn't know. And you really have to know how to sell when you are on, when you have your own business. When I was on, I remember some of my first sales calls, they were so bad. I was on the call with someone and she was saying like, you know, I love your work, but you know, it's a little bit expensive. And I was like, yeah, it kind of is expensive. Okay. Thanks so much. Bye. And I like hung up the phone. <laughs> like it was so, I, I just had no clue. I had no clue that you had to like that there were sales skills that you have to lead people through a conversation that 
um, you know, questioning their object their objections, so many things. Um, so I think not knowing that sales was a part of it was a big mistake I made early on as well. And um, so those are the two big ones I would say that yeah I just didn't know yeah. about. I would say, you know, it was the same for me and for a lot of entrepreneurs. I imagine that sort of a trial by fire on your first couple of sales calls and your first, you know, attempts at marketing. Marketing is more of like the long game, but sales, you were just, you're in it from day one and there's not really mm -hmm. any way to learn until you're, you're doing it. So you've obviously come so a long way since then. You've niched down along your journey as well. You're now a rebrand expert. So you specialize in helping women entrepreneurs going through the rebrand process. I would love to know how you landed on that niche or what your own branding journey was like to find that niche area of expertise? Yeah. So I was doing branding and website design, like a lot of people out there, you know, I'm in the online space and I'm seeing a lot of other designers out there just like me. And, um, I think over the years it was kind of like, how can I make myself stand out? Like, how can I be different from other designers? Because there's a lot of us out there and a lot of us are doing very similar things. And I was just, kind of in a, a process of like, how can I niche down a little bit more and make myself different from everyone else in the crowd? And I do have my own style and design aesthetic, which sets me apart a little bit. But um, I was thinking like, how else can I really stand out? And as I've been working with clients, something I was really noticing was when people are first starting their business, it's a very exciting time and I love working with them because they're extremely enthusiastic and excited, but sometimes they can feel a little bit like they're unsure about who their target market is. They're kind of unsure about their services. Like they think they know what they want to do, but there's so much growth that happens in that first year. It's, it's just easy to change your mind in the first year. So you're kind of thinking, oh, I'm going to serve this person. But then after a year, you're like, oh, I don't think I want to serve that person anymore. And people would invest a lot of money with me and I would create a beautiful brand for them. But then sometimes they would either change direction or close down their business completely. And it was devastating to me. I was like, oh my gosh, what did I do wrong? Like I really was taking it to heart a lot. And something I just recognized was, I am more for people who have been in business for a while and they DIY'd in the beginning and they have a website, they have all the things, they are growing their business, they have a growth mindset, but they really need help in executing how to really stand out online with a really professional online presence. And so it just was becoming like more and more clear to me that the person who I really help the most, who benefits the most from my services, is someone who is in it for the long haul. They already like feel really established in their craft. They know exactly who their ideal client is and they know they want to speak to that person. They have a vision of like where their business is going and they have a lot of different pieces of the puzzle. So they have like courses, they have maybe a podcast, they have one-on-one, -on -one, they have, I work with a lot of coaches. Um, and so they were just needing help making everything cohesive. And it just kind of like hit me one day. Oh, I was working with, a, I was actually working with a copywriter back in last year. I think it was in November. We were doing like a trade and I was helping her with her website and she was helping me with copywriting. And she was like, as we were talking through everything, she was like, Ruthann, you do rebranding. That's absolutely what you do. And I was like, oh my gosh, it was such a light bulb moment for me. I 
I don't think I would have noticed it on my own, but she really helped point that out because she was able to see the big picture and what I was trying to do and wanting to do. And so since then, um, all of this year, 2023, I have um, really embraced rebranding and with my podcast, the name is Rebrand with Ruth Ann. I have really gone all in on like focusing on rebranding and it has been so good. It's been so clarifying and it's really helped me, um, yeah, just market with a lot of clarity and know exactly who I'm talking to. And I just feel like the people, like they know if they want to work with me or not. Like it's just a lot more clear, I think. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I love, you know, sometimes you really need that outside perspective. So I love how you said that because it's so true. And I hear the same stories from my clients. I've seen it in my own business. You know, you don't even realize you may have niched out or found that area you really shine in and that you really love working in until someone else points it out for you. So I love that story. And it's so powerful. I think you've, you know, you hit on something really good as well is that, you know, there's a lot of pressure, I think, for new entrepreneurs to invest in their brand from day one, whether it's copy, design, all these things. It's like you have to know who you're serving. You have to really dial that in, maybe outsource and, you know, create this beautiful website or whatever it is early on in your business. And that's not something I recommend to my clients either from a copy perspective for all the reasons that you said, because when you're just starting, you don't have that clarity yet. And I think the DIY stage is really undervalued. I think there's a lot of messaging that's like, don't DIY your copy or design ever. And I wouldn't say that, um, you know, I think there's a lot of value that comes from it because when you DIY, that's how you gain the clarity. So that said, do you have any advice for, you know, the newer entrepreneur, you know, when is the right time to invest in your branding? I think it's such an uncomfortable period of time when you are new because you want to be at the level that you see other people at. I think we have such a, as a creative, we have a lot of high standards for ourselves. We have a lot of perfectionistic tendencies and we just want it to be as great as we want it to be, you know? And so it's just hard when you're in the beginning, cause it's not going to be great for the most part. Like, you know, we're just trying it out. We're seeing what we can do. We're pivoting. We're going in different directions. We're just figuring it out. And I think it's wise to not invest in the beginning because you are making so many changes along the way. I think it's different if you come from a corporate background and you like know exactly what you want to be doing and you go in the online space and you have like 20 years of experience. I think that's a little bit different. But if you're like I was like you came into the online space and you had no idea anything about business, marketing, mindset, nothing, and you didn't know about like, I just, I think that's a different coming from a different uh, perspective. And so I think if you're newer, I think embrace it. It's hard to do, but I definitely encourage people to figure out what works for you. You know, I would say use a template. If you're, you know, getting a website up, use a a template because they're expertly designed and then you can just DIY and put your own content into it. And, um, I just don't think things have to be extravagant when you first get going. And I think when you're ready to rebrand is when you really feel strongly of like, I know exactly who my ideal client is. I know exactly the direction I'm going in. I feel so confident in this direction and um, you feel really confident in your craft and you feel, yeah, like, like you're ready to up level, I think. And it's more of like an inner knowing, I think. Um, it's not so much like external in, in my you know perspective, like it's more of internally, like, you know, now is the right time and um, you're yeah going to the next level. So it's, it's kind of hard to put like a year on it. Like, oh, you should do it in year two or year three. I think it really has to do with 
where you're at personally in your business and um, where you want to go. Yeah, I agree. That's what it was like for me. Um, and I'm sure in your own business as well. Sometimes you just know you have that feeling like this is not this is not it anymore. It's not reflecting. I'm ready to kind of take that next step, take things to the next level. So if someone is feeling that in their business, they're like, my brand doesn't reflect me and I'm ready to up level. What's the first step in the rebrand process? Like I think it can feel a little overwhelming for people because there's so many different parts. You know, there's like messaging, there's design, strategy, websites, like what is the first step? So in my process, it's an all-in-one process, and um, I'm actually like growing my process to include even more things because copy is so important in the rebranding process. Um, I think messaging is incredibly important. In my rebranding process, when I work with my clients, you start with business um, strategy. So I think it's so important to start with strategy before the visuals because that's kind of, it dictates where the visuals will go. So being really clear on who your ideal client is, knowing you know, who you are, knowing your own values and just getting all of those pieces in place. Um, Your message, you know, is really important. Um, I do help my clients with kind of, I don't help them so much with like mess with uh, like copy. Like I don't like write my copy for my clients, but I do help them come up with a one-liner of like, this is what my business is about and represents. And so I think starting off with strategy is the most important thing. And then once we go through the strategy, we go through the visual branding identity part, and then we go into the website. So it is kind of a one-stop shop working with me when you are rebranding. But I think that strategy piece is key. Yeah, agreed. Same thing when clients come to me for any type of copy, whether it's like a total rebrand, messaging, new website, or just like a single sales page or email sequence, the strategy has to come first. And I think it's easy to skip that piece and kind of get shiny object syndrome and be like, well, I just want, you know, a new brand, um, like logo, new photos, all the pretty stuff, all the fun stuff and skip the strategy. Um, yes. So really important to, you know, find a copywriter, designer, strategist like Ruthann, who is going to walk you through the strategy piece as well, because, you know, you can do some of that on your own, but like we touched on, it's so valuable to get a second opinion on all of that. Totally. And if you are kind of, uh, and maybe I got ahead of myself going into strategy, but if you're kind of thinking like, oh, this is for me, I think I really want to rebrand my business. I think, you know, shopping around, looking at different designers, like who do you feel aligned with your, you know, visuals, like, you know, the designer style, their aesthetic, same with copywriters. Like, do you like how they're talking in their copy, like in your newsletters? Like, are you on their mailing list? Um, Are you looking at their website? Like, are things resonating you like go with the person who you really resonate the most with when it comes to their skill set and how they deliver their product, I think is not bad when people I'm on discovery call with, with people who are interested in rebranding and they're like, um, okay, well, I don't want really want to tell you this, but I am, you know, I have other, you know, interviews with graphic designers. I was like, do not feel bad at all. Like I encourage you to shop around. I encourage you to go with the person you feel the most connected to, or, you know, someone whose style you resonate the most with. I think that's just smart. So I think it's fine to like, you know, get on people's free discovery call and just chat with them and see if it's a good fit. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Thank you for saying that. I feel like some people, you know, don't like to, they're like, oh, you shouldn't go with someone who's shopping around. I think 
you shouldn't go with someone who's price shopping. You don't want to work with yeah. that person. But it is 100% valid to get on calls with multiple people, to be in conversation with multiple people, because, you know, hopefully you can learn a lot from their website, their email list, like you said, you know, stalk them a bit on social. But there's something, you know, when you get face to face with someone on a call, I think you can tell, again, it comes down to that intuition and trusting, right? You're like, oh, this is the person. This is the person I want to work with. They are really aligned on your vision and where you want to take your brand, because branding is a really personal process you know whether you're you know quote unquote like personal brand or building like a larger company it is really personal so it's important to find someone you trust with that you're so right about that and um going back to what you were saying with um, people when they're price shopping I think it's obvious when people are price shopping like normally they'll just like email you and say can I have your like pricing I mean that's normally like the first thing they say or the only thing they say it's like okay you're obviously just wanting to know prices so I think people who are price shopping, you can kind of like get a sense. Um, but you know, if you're really wanting to go through the process and really up level your business with copywriting or branding, I think, yeah, it's just natural and welcome to, you know, get on different calls with people and see what works for you. Yeah, a hundred percent. I always say like when I go on a sales call with someone, the goal is not to, you know, sell them and book the project. It's to help them make the best decision for them and their business, whether or not that means working with me or sending them somewhere else. Like if it's not the right fit, if someone comes to me, like we talked about earlier and they're in that DIY stage, they don't have that clarity yet. I have no problem saying to them, you know what, I think you'd be better off like starting with a template or, you know, maybe a smaller like low ticket offer, like some other way to support you. I think that's a really, um, a part of sales that's not talked about as well. Like it's okay to to send someone elsewhere. The goal of a sales call is not always just to close the sale. You are so right. And I remember my coach helping me through that with that as well. And she was saying like the goal of the, exactly what you just now said, like the goal of a sales call is to get someone to their best decision. And whether that is waiting and not investing with you yet, or whether that's investing with you now or sending them to someone else, like you're helping them make the best decision for them. So I love that we are both aligned on that because I, I totally believe that too. Yeah, yeah, so important. Maybe we should do a whole episode on that in the future. Maybe send me a DM if that's something you're interested in, in talking yes. about because, you know, like we said, sales, I think, is something a lot of entrepreneurs don't come into business with a background in and you you learn those things on the job. So definitely so much to dive into there. Totally. But Ruthann, I want to go back to, you know, so we talked about the new entrepreneur who's like in the DIY stage and then the person who's ready to up level. What about like opposite end of the spectrum, someone maybe like you who's been in business for like five to 10 years and, you know, how do you keep things like fresh over time obviously you as a person and a business owner are evolving throughout the time you're growing and changing so do you go through like a full rebrand process again every couple years or like what does that look like to keep things you know fresh and up to date I love this question and I think it's a little bit of like tweaking along the way and I don't think you need to go through a major overhaul rebrand if you are happy with you know, your visuals and like, you know, who are the people that are reaching out to you. If you're happy with, you know, how things are, I don't think you need to go through an overhaul rebrand, but if you're really unhappy with how your visuals are being represented, then yes. So for me in my business, I have been doing little refreshes and I have this on my, um, uh, one of my recent podcast episodes is like the difference between a rebrand and a refresh. Oh no, I think it's a blog post episode. Anyway, refreshing is just kind of making sure things are like up to date where you want them to be. 
um, and as you're going along. So I think it's helpful to do a little check-in like every, you know, six months to a year and just kind of see where everything is landing. Like how are things being presented? Are things like in line with how you want them to look? Um, I think getting new brand photos is a really fun endeavor and it really helps bring like a fresh look to your website or your, you know, marketing channels and stuff. So doing brand photos, you know, once every, you know, year or two, I think is really helpful to keep things fresh. Um, I think looking at your copy is really helpful to look at like every year, like revisiting copy is helpful. And, um, and if you do need like a little tweaking along the way, I think as a designer, I do tweak my own brand along the way a lot. And so, you know, I add in a little font here or I, um, you know, narrow in there. And so I think it's, it's okay to, to make little changes like that because we are changing and we are growing. And I think it's, normal and natural to to just kind of make sure your brand is aligned with where you want to go and how you're presenting yourself right now. A hundred percent. And that said, Ruthann, you've got a special offer on the table for podcast listeners. Do you want to tell us about that? Yes. So I just this year, I came out with this offer and I absolutely love it. It's called the Brand and Website Assessment. And oh, the Revive brand and website assessment. And it is where I review your website and brand and give you really practical tips and strategies on copy and design, like how you can make your website more effective. I think this is such a great place to start if you know your website needs a change, but you don't even know what to do. Like you think maybe I need to do something, but I don't even know what I would change. This is where you get that, what we were talking about, that fresh perspective of like an outside person um, looking in on your site and giving you feedback of things that you can change to really improve what you have going on. So you can have more people book discovery calls from your website because that's what your website should be doing for you is being that ambassador for you. So you don't have to be selling 24 seven, your website should be doing that. So this offer is um, just the next three people who listen to this podcast. They can reach out to me on Instagram at r underscore art space and um, DM me the word assessment. And I would be happy to give you one for free. And yeah, this is not a, uh, a video where I'm just saying, oh, you need a new website. This is me really taking time to go through your site and giving you really practical tips and feedback. And so I would love to offer that to three of your listeners. I am so excited. Thank you so much, Ruthann, for your generosity and your your time sharing that with our listeners. I'm really excited for it. So I'll put all the details in the show notes so you can go and find Ruthann on Instagram and connect with her. But all right, are you ready to wrap things up with our bonus round? That one's good. All right. So our email community for the podcast is called Savor and Celebrate. So Ruthann, what is one thing you've really been savoring or enjoying lately? Oh, such a good question. I think, um, so my daughter is now six months old and right before I put her down for bed, this might be a little, um, I don't know if this is the answer you're looking for, but right before I put her down, like after I feed her, she's kind of in that really sleepy state right before she goes down to sleep. And I've just been loving, like just rocking her and she's just nuzzled up next to me and it's just the sweetest thing. So that's what I'm really loving right now. Oh, that's the sweetest. So that is a fantastic answer. That is, there's no <laughs> wrong answer, but that's, yeah, exactly. The small things in life, right? So, okay. Second of all, what is your favorite way to celebrate an accomplishment? 
Hmm, I love going out to dinner. So whenever, yeah, my husband and I have something going on that we're excited about, we're like, oh, let's go celebrate. We'll go out to dinner. So uh, I'm a big foodie. So anytime we can go out to a new restaurant and try new food, I'm so excited to do that. So that's how I like to celebrate. Awesome. And then what's one win you have celebrated recently? It can be big, small, personal, or business. Um, I would say a big win. I don't know if I want to share all the details here, but I feel like my business is going in a very new, exciting direction. And I feel like the right people have shown up in my life at this exact time. And I'm really excited for the future of um, our art space and what I have going on and for my client experience. So I hate to be super vague, but I'm very excited for what's coming in my business. So I'll be sharing more about that soon. Yeah, I, I'm so excited for you. We've talked about it, you know, off camera behind the scenes as well. And it's going to be good, guys. So the best way to stay in touch is just, you know, follow along with Ruthann because I'm sure she'll be sharing more details as that continues to happen behind the scenes. So Ruthann, thank you so much for joining me today. I love this conversation. Tell everyone where they can connect with you. Megan, thank you so much for having me. This has been so fun. Um, yes, you can connect with me on Instagram at r underscore artspace, or you can go to my website, rartspace.com, and you can learn all about branding, rebranding, website design, my podcast, all the things over there. Awesome. I'll make sure all those links are in the show notes. Okay, thank you again for joining me today. Thank you so much. Hey, Trailblazer, thank you so much for listening to the show. If you found this episode helpful, would you do me a favor and help spread the word? Share it with a friend, tell your mastermind group, take a screenshot and post it on stories. I'm at copy by Meg on Instagram. If you want to tag me or just come say hi, I would love to hear from you. Until next time, remember, fortune favors the bold, but success favors the stubborn. Keep going, girl. You got this.